Okay. It's been a while, gentlemen. Got the notebooks? No. <laughs> the reason why I didn't get the notebooks is because... There he is. Uh -huh. Welcome, welcome. The reason why I didn't get the notebooks is... Uh, we've got... Shalom, shalom. But today and tomorrow, two days. So I thought to start something which you're not going to be able to carry through isn't a good idea, and therefore we're going to have to postpone it till next month. Yeah. Yeah, I hear it. I hear it. You couldn't do it over the Benazman. It's too difficult. You need a coach running. I know. Find yourself a gentleman. Coach. The guys on your team keep you going though. Okay, gentlemen, so... so uh, let's talk about what we need to talk about. And what we really need to talk about, given the time limitations, is a bit of a, a stickler, a build-up towards Pesach. We spoke in depth about Purim, and let's talk a little bit about, about Pesach. So Pesach is this focal point of the year. It's the first of the three pilgrimage festivals, and it signifies the birth of the Jewish people or more correctly the first stage of the birth of the Jewish people one can't forget that Pesach doesn't, is not a standalone Yom Tov it's inextricably linked to Shavuot and that's why Shavuot has no specific date attached to it there's no day of the month that you celebrate Shavuot on. Theoretically, Shavuot could fall on either the 5th, the 6th, or the 7th of Sivan, depending on if the months in between of Iyar and Sivan are 29 days or 30 days. So... Pesach, in other words, the fact that that, that, that Shavuos is an amount of time after Pesach, in other words, it means it's, it's, it's related. It's related to Pesach. It's not, it's not standalone. But the first part of, of Shavuos is Pesach, or the second part of Pesach is Shavuos, which makes absolute sense, because the birth of the nation in its own right without the giving of the Torah is, is a non-starter so what is the, the chain of events simply speaking this is how the causal connection between what happened in Egypt to the desert to standing at the foot of Har Sinai goes as follows you have Jewish people they embedded amidst Egyptian culture and their 
striving for a sense of national identity, hanging on to the remnants of what their forefathers had bequeathed to them, but nevertheless very little differentiating them from their Egyptian slave masters after being in slavery for 200 years, which is a long time. 200 years would take us back to the 1800s. That's a long time ago. So there's generations upon generations upon generations of people who've been trapped in slavery. That requires a whole remodeling. And what happens is the ten plagues, which are the um, the the ten plagues, which are the other side of the ten statements of creation. There's different statements of creation. In other words, each statement of creation is called the Asorama Moris. Each statement of creation was the creative energy bringing into fruition another aspect of the physical world. is the first statement of the creation of the world the first statement of the world corresponds to the last plague the second statement to the second last plague etc 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 so for example the first statement was is the creation of life in the world and the last plague was Marcus Bechor is the cessation of life in this world. So it's the opposite. In other words, the purpose of the ten plagues was to c- uncover the camouflage of Hashem in the world and expose the Creator's <coughs> dominion over every, uh, every facet of the natural world. So the second last plague, darkness, corresponds to the second statement, which was light. When you see that Hashem is in control of darkness, you see that the reason why there's light is because He's causing light to be and not... Yes? Why was it the opposite? Wasn't it that the first one corresponded to the first? Why is it flipped? When it comes to the It's a great question. The plagues are Hashem striking every dimension of creation. Hashem strikes the creative force with the plague of the firstborn. He strikes light with darkness. In other words, He shows that to the foreign culture that goal is to absorb the people that are there to bring purpose, meaning, monotheism to the world. He says, the world, the way you presented Egyptians, the world, the way you presented people who try to live in a, in a society which is bereft of a spiritual component, is a world which doesn't exist. So by striking the components of the existing world and saying the world that you thought there was light, there's not light. Light is a creative force. And 
in a purposeless world, light will be removed. In a world where there's no purpose, so then essentially there's no reason for there's no reason for light. In a world where there's no purpose, there's no reason for life. Ultimately, conclusively, in the plague of the firstborn. So the incredible series of events was to demonstrate and to make known because there was this gigantic dichotomy between the experience of the Egyptians and the experience of the people of Israel. The Egyptians experienced the plagues as plagues and the children of Israel experienced them as revelatory because when the Egyptian would be literally bound in darkness the Ben Yisrael would walk through his house and the Egyptian would be blind to see what he is go- what was going around him and the and in the world of the Jew it would be completely bright in that same same room the Egyptian would have mm. tangible darkness which would create a paralysis because he was unable to move because the thickness of that darkness became manifest and the Jew would saunter around broad daylight so for one the world was in ex- was extant, was around and the other the world was being destroyed so the Jew seeing this contrast became familiar with the power of the creative force over every dimension of creation and the process of the ten plagues was an educational process was a revelation process whereby at the end of that series of demonstrations the Jews had absolute eyewitness experience of the creator manifesting himself in the physical world and then any doubt would be completely and totally removed from their hearts and as they enter in towards the impossible, impossible see it splits open and they parade along this newly formed promenade and get to the other side and then begin this purification process which lasts 49 days climaxing in the ultimate connection with the creator which is called Harasinai whereby any remaining veils of distance are opened up and they experience complete and absolute prophecy and that's called Matan Torah and that's called Harasinai and that's the concluding act of the process which began with Pesach so therefore you can't you can't see Pesach in isolation Pesach is step one of this incredible journey towards an engaging encounter with our Creator and once that encounter has taken place the history of the world is forever shifted and now you have a nation that's charged with a purpose and endowed with an intimate knowledge of the will of the Creator which is then transmitted generation to generation for 
over a thousand years having literal prophets who would be able to communicate engaged in, in a real dialogue where they would speak to Hashem and Hashem would literally speak back to them and you had this nation of people that were godly and they transformed the consciousness of, of the world until this very day that the majority of the world completely subscribes to the entire process the majority of the world acknowledges and not only acknowledges but actually performs and practices the shift of consciousness that occurred because of the giving of the Torah and Hasina because the majority of the world is made up of Muslims and Christians and Muslims and Christians completely acknowledge that the Torah is given to the children of Israel on Harasina. They have different versions as to what occurred subsequently, but they all subscribe to that. So this is an incredibly powerful, probably the most significant historical event that ever, ever occurred. And the initial stages of our relationship to that event begins with Pesach. So Pesach is, 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 is embedded in, in the Jewish psyche because it's the starting point of how we experience and know Hashem. And that's why it's so ubiquitous in all mitzvahs. Shabbos. Zeicher Litzias Mitzrayim. It's a reawakening, a consciousness of the Exodus. Every day we put on tefillin, which state in four different dimensions, aspects of Egypt. And we bind it upon ourselves. It's conscious. We take it and we put it on our arms, our field of action, connected to our heart our field of emotion, bound upon our heads, the intellect, the intellect, the emotion and action are bound into the consciousness of the omnipotent power of the Creator that we manifest and integrate into daily life from that moment onwards, even though it's 3,000 years ago, there hasn't been a time that the Jewish people haven't engaged in this on a daily basis. Mitzvah in the morning to remember the exodus from Egypt. Mitzvah at the night to remember the exodus of Egypt. It's become part and parcel of our natural consci- national consciousness until we live, we live with the power of the Creator to initiate any change at will. And the fact that waters don't split is because the Creator's decided that He'd like to have them flowing. In fact, the lesson gleaned from Egypt is not the power of the Creator to affect the supernatural, but rather that the natural world we live in has a supernatural basis to it. The goal of Yitzhak Mitzrayim is not miracle, it's nature. Through the manipulation of natural forces that occurred through the ten plagues, we gain insight into the fact when those plagues are not functioning, the reason why world is functioning in the way it is is because that's also the will of the Creator because only the one that can sabotage it is the one who's in control of it. So really, the purpose of, of, of the Makkasism in Mitzrayim was to pull away the camouflage that's manifest in the world and saying this is a real deal. 
there's actually no such thing as water being liquid or water being water could be blood and dust could be lice and the very breath that you breathe could be the last one and one of death unless Hashem says no I'll give you another one and then I'll give you another one so the vitality of life is new re-engaging us in connection to the Creator every second that we breathe in a new breath of life and I know that because there's such a thing called Makas Bechores where at a certain point in time all of a sudden every single person who is in that category stop breathing how can he breathe before that because Hashem said breathe and he breathed breathe and he breathed and he said stop breathing dead so now what I learned from that I learned from that every breath is a gift that's been given to me right now how did I learn that I learned that because I put that filling on my arm and it tells me that and I put that filling on my head and if I, I integrate into my consciousness into my emotional world into my world of action the fact that I'm surrounded by the ever present kind presence of the creator he's here he's breathing me he's moving me he's engaging me how do I get that I get that from Mitzrayim but then how do I know what to do great I've got that knowledge Pesach I've got that knowledge I see it I know it I feel it I live it I integrate it but what do I do with it I move slowly through a purification of character traits which is the 49 days building up to Shavuot and then the dialogue begins which never ends then Hashem says by the way let me tell you the secrets the secret thoughts behind my motives it's called the Torah it's called the, re- the revealed Torah it's called the hidden Torah it's called the written Torah it's called the oral Torah until we <coughs> are given the privilege the honor and the mission to carry that torch to every place that we travel and in every time so when we think about Pesach to make it into a festive celebration is almost abusive it's a regeneration of being whereby we realign ourselves to we become congruent with the reality of the world sinking in to what is removing ourselves from forces which are called the slavery of Egypt which seek to separate us from the perception of the inner dimension of the reality of this world which is unshifting, permanent and eternal so there could be absolutely nothing more important than creating the correct mind frame to enter into this possible capacity to alter our entire state of existence called Pesach it's liberation a point that we've made continuously is that there's no such thing as remembrances and celebrations of historical events within Judaism the Gemara's 
tongue-in-cheek comment about history is Maida Hava Hava what was was okay the only relevance of history is in the present and therefore the relevance of Pesach is not that once the Jewish people were left out let out on the dry but that this year on the 15th of Nisan that precise energy of liberation will descend into the universe and we can totally access it and in our context earn a total liberation from the forces that seek to enslave us Pesach is not about thinking back to a period of time where people dressed in very different clothing to us and manifesting a completely different set of historical perspectives were let out from some type of literal slavery Pesach is about the rediscovery of what lies beneath the surface of my own life and seeing that the forces that were present then are present now and the slavery that was present then is present now and thus the potential for liberation which occurred then can occur right now and when you look at it that way it's not so much about the matzah and the kinedalach hmm. now we have to see what matzah is and what's moral and what are those four glasses of wine and how does the leaning come into it and what is this incredibly powerful pedagogical pedagog- pedagogical platform that was given to us which has been so successful imagine designing a curriculum for the next 2000 years I don't think there's a university in the world that has had a curriculum that has run the same course the same topic the same basic text of instruction and had it successfully and re-engaged for thousands of years it's an astonishing thing it's so successful that even people that have dislocated themselves from any other form of practice than Judaism clasp onto this as a last vestige of connection to their heritage it's amazing it's amazing the Pesach Seder features in many otherwise unaffiliated Jews so that's an impressive curriculum design you know, there was even people who are not subscribing to the course volunteer <laughs> to take this one on so Pesach to sum it up is a extremely powerful and potentially transformational period of time let us prepare for it in order that it doesn't pass us by and all that's left is the geschmack of the Kneidlach and for many the constipation heralded by the matzah even though in Jerusalem that shouldn't be a problem because the matzah over here is made generally from totally whole wheat flour and therefore it has enough fiber to keep the guts rolling a message from a gastroenterologist Zach um <coughs> too. you should be blessed. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. The um <coughs>
the Torah is by definition the vessel through which we purify ourselves the words of Torah are what as we all you we look into the Torah you and we yeah yeah I, mean, I have to agree to your premise or I can argue on it say whatever you want okay fine so you so maybe don't say we maybe just like say I think I think based on my lack of knowledge based on my premature and limited understanding that now you can go on that the Torah is the Torah is the way we use the Torah as our guide for everything in life that's how we that's all you said previously you're changing you want to say something new or you want to say the thing you are saying before this is Gemara or uh, oh sorry yo, you're right why am I using my Seichel out of Gemara right. I forgot yes yes sorry, sorry. Gemara like is when you think right now Gemara is when you think and you reason logically and the rest of your life you just like go what, what feels good in your gut I'm so sorry I keep oh, on getting confused oh that's my confused. question oh, I've got, sorry I keep on getting confused I thought that Gemara was kind of the precedent that you sorry sorry I, ever that's my question yeah okay go on the Torah, okay, let's just say basic. We can all agree the Torah guides our daily activities. You wake up and put on we wake up and put on film. We don't do that because we. Um, I think I'm going to put a black box with leather attached to it on my arm and call it something. We, it says, the, the Torah doesn't guide you. The Torah describes to. You. The Torah describes, describes what's happening in, ter- in your internal spiritual world. Right now, what's okay, happening? that's even better. Okay, that makes good. the question better. Oh, good, good, good. How do we go through Yitzhiz Mizraim and then the Omer? Yeah. Without, we, we work on ourselves right. without the Torah. Right. We don't have the Torah yet. Correct. So, how do we go through all the Midas and the 49 levels right. and purify ourselves without the entity that? itself purifies us whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you just confused two things the Torah describes how the spiritual world the Torah gives us the insight to dance the same rhythm as the spiritual world that the spiritual world vibrates at point number one Point number two, in order to do that, you need to have a vessel which is sensitive enough to pick up those spiritual vibrations. How do you create that vessel? You've got to work on yourself. How do you work on yourself? By working on yourself. But how do you know? Because before you've worked on yourself, you are unqualified and unable to receive the Torah because there's nothing there. There's some amorphous globular mass of rotten midas and stinking behavior traits which you have to figure out how to deal with them before you access the beauty and the pristine nature of the light of Torah. Otherwise it will be, as the Mishnah describes it, a nose ring in the nose of a pig. Nezem Zohov Ba'af Chazir. <laughs> 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 you say or Mishnah? It's in Mishlei. The Pasuk is in Mishlei. The Mishnah of the Book of Mark quotes it's in... Okay, but gentlemen, unfortunately now we've run out of time. And I really appreciate Zach's insight. And I think it's something to dwell on. And um, let's just end now and come back later. Great.